0: Welcome to Inspire, the Angel Flores podcast, where you'll be inspired, equipped, and entertained. This podcast is sponsored by Mosaic Church, a church for people who don't really like church. To learn more about Mosaic, please visit our website at GreeleyMosaic.com.
1: All right, Tony, thank you for coming on. Thanks for agreeing to do this. Um, we've been friends for 20-some years, 25 years maybe. So. uh, Kids were little, yeah. yeah. They were born. I mean, I remember when Niall was born. You remember when Josiah was born? Mm-hmm. He's 25. Mm-hmm. 26. We're not young men, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just, I don't feel like a young man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. All right, man. So let's start out with uh, thank you for coming on. First of all, uh, let's hear your story a little bit. Born and raised that kind of stuff. Born and raised here in Greeley.
0: When I was a kid, we moved around a little bit because my dad was a pastor. Uh-huh. Oh, I I really grew up here in Greeley. All right. Where Where'd you go to school? Uh, I mean, high school, I went to Greeley Central. Okay. I in long time ago.
1: Okay. Greeley Central Wildcats. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then after that what? You played I know you played football in high school.
0: Yeah. I, I played uh, my freshman year I I played football in college. I was on scholarship out to a, a small school out in Kansas, hmm. Bethany College. Okay. I went through my freshman year, and that was that was cool, pretty good experience. Like, I came back home for the summer, and my mom was just really struggling financially, uh-huh. so I
1: started working, and I just never went back. Was it planned to work just for the summer and go back? Yes, but it didn't happen. No. How did you? How'd they find you? or How did you find them? Or uh, the college I went yeah. to.
0: You know, I don't know how they found me. I think that they just around it, like, like uh, because I made the all-conference team. Oh, okay. And I'm sure they pulled that information.
1: I'm that guessing. gets you on, on the radars, yeah. yeah.
0: What position? I played left tackle in high school, but in college I played left guard. Okay. And what was the name of the school?
1: Bethany College. Oh, Bethany. Home yeah. of the fighting what? Uh, the Swedes. I look real sweet. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I fit right in. Must it. have been your Swedish uh, heritage. <laughs> yeah, Swedish. <laughs> I was one up on everybody because of your ancestry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So then, uh, so where'd you go to work?
0: Uh, when I first came back, I I started working for a guy, a local guy, Pete Duran, a mm-hmm. few more can- contractors, and I don't know what happened. He, something happened with the bonding, and we lost the job that we were on, and he mm-hmm. let everybody off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I went from making. Pretty good money at that time. I remember I was a kid back then making twelve seventy five an hour. That was pretty good money for way back then.
1: Yeah. How old were uh, you at that point?
0: Uh nineteen. Oh yeah. So I went from making that so I went to work with my brother at the flat iron companies. I went from making twelve seventy five
1: to five bucks. Eesh. yeah. That'll that'll uh dip the morale a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what were you doing? It was concrete flat work? Was it uh curb and gutter. All right. Yeah. So and, okay. And then the story goes on. So then you're single. Yeah. Working your way up. Yeah. And then you met your wife.
0: Yeah. When I, I met her, uh, i mean the company I worked for, got bought out at some point. And then uh, I worked there a few years. I worked five more years there. I just thought this isn't going anywhere. So I jumped ship, went to another company and that was a pretty good job. And that's, Kind of when I met Isabel and everything happened and we got married. She had a family already or she mm-hmm. had kids. Mm-hmm. And then we got married. And uh, we had, to, at the time, she had her tubes type, mm. So we had to have a, a reversal done. How many then, kids did she have? Did she, At that point, she mm-hmm. had five kids. So,
1: so then you when You went from bachelor? To five kids. To single?
0: Well, not all five lived with this, though. Uh-huh because the three older ones kind of went their own way they were already grown and yeah more or less yeah and uh not so much grown but just like i don't know it was more like just they they just didn't want to live under a roof where there was rules you know mm. so they opted to leave and uh the the two younger ones stepkids Vanessa and Jacob i mean i
1: think of them as my kids you know how old were they when you guys got married yeah, put you on the spot there. Yeah, I gotta do the math real quick in my head.
0: I wanna say Let me see Jacob was born eighty four. When we got married, Vanessa was twelve, thirteen. And Jacob was like
1: eleven. Oh, okay. Twelve, little. So you from there on you raised them. They're your your yeah, dad yeah. to them, yeah. Pretty much. And then so she had she had her tubes tied. Right. So you guys had to... Uh, have that
0: reversal of a tubal ligation, I think they call it. Okay. So We had that done. And they told us, I mean, chances are that it's 50-50. You know, mm. Sometimes it works, sometimes I does not
1: Thankfully, it did. Did they say, if it doesn't work, we'll give you your money back? Oh, no. <laughs> They're <laughs> like, for us, it's 100 yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> It's going to work for
0: yeah. us. <laughs> At $10,000, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was 10000 a long time ago, man. Yeah. So then you guys had Nile. Yeah. And now he's 26. Right. So then, uh, you know, I know a lot of your story. So Niall was about eight, and then Isabel started getting sick. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, he, he was actually seven when she started oh, okay. getting sick. We found out on the on the 2nd of June. Cause, uh, you know, it's kind of weird because the doctor actually came to the house because they did a, a biopsy on that. Mass she had in her lung. They, they assumed it was some kind of pneumonia. They so kept she's just that. feeling. Just a cough that wouldn't go away. So they, uh, they did the biopsy. Doctor says, I'd like to come to your house and talk to you guys about it. Like, okay, maybe they are going to do some treatment. Never thinking that. I, you know, I heard of cancer. I just never knew anybody who had it. Like, like I didn't know anybody personally that battled that. Yeah. Or dealt with it at all.
1: So when he came and That's it. and this was in 2000, 2004, doesn't it could just be me could just be my circle could be the fact that I pastor a, a church, but it feels like I know a lot of people now. No. So I wonder if it's, if it's, what do you think? Do you think it's more common or do you think? Yeah. It seems it, like it seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Like more and more people are yeah. dealing with it. So anyway, so the doctor came to your house. That's rare. Yeah,
0: exactly. So we just thought he was going to lay out some kind of treatment plan or something for whatever she had. And when he dropped that bomb, I felt like... What did he say? He just said, um, test came back positive for lung cancer.
1: Yeah. How old was Isabel at this time? 48. Jeez. Yeah. Never smoked? No.
0: Hmm. I mean, you know, she was pretty healthy, really. I mean... She was. She yeah. was in good shape. She was slim and mm-hmm. nothing like that. And you know, sitting there and I'm thinking, gosh,
1: this doesn't feel real. Like uh, I feel like I'm in a movie
0: almost. Like how could this
1: be happening? Right.
0: So then, okay, and then There's I- a feeling
1: too of how is this my life? Because you 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 hear about other people, yeah. and, but then when it's when it's you, there's this almost like that movie camera deal where it zooms in. Yeah, like, exactly. That's exactly. This is really happening right yeah. now. Yeah. And I imagine as a, as a, as a father and a husband, as a man, you gotta, you gotta be strong and say, okay, I gotta take charge here. Cause she's pretty yeah. tail spinning. And how did she deal with all that? How did she take it?
0: Uh, you know, pretty good actually. Like she didn't like break down a whole lot. Like I didn't see it. I get the best of her. Very often, mm-hmm. but I know it did. Sometimes she would just
1: crack. Mm-hmm. What was the? Uh, what was the suggested treatment? Or
0: uh, they they started chemotherapy. and She did a few rounds of that, and I think she just got to the point where it just it beat her up so bad. You know, she just said, "I don't want to do this anymore."
1: Mm.
0: And she was going in. She had four, or excuse me, she had three stints. In the hospital. We took her in the emergency room. I mean in the middle of all this, i I had a contract with the uh, with the city of Loveland and it was a C CDOT project. And they were coming in, overlaying part of a highway and we were just under the gun bad. And I would have to run home and and she's having anxiety attacks, you know. Mm. And I understand. Yeah. And I have to run back to work, you know, I was just going nuts. So by this
1: time you had you become a partner in your own company. Right. And so now you're not just not not just an employee, but you have more responsibility. Well, yeah, than, yeah, now
0: I have skin in the game, you know. And yeah. there's twenty five hundred dollars a day liquidated damages looking us right in the face, you know. If, if
1: you're, you're not, if you don't get it done, right. if, yeah.
0: Hmm. So there's that, and then it was like just the perfect storm. So then, I think we found out on the second of June, and by the 28th of August, she was gone. Not even three months, you know.
1: Jeez, it
0: just escalated. Yeah. We are going to the hospital. I remember, I think one of the worst things I ever had to deal with with her was one of the times she was in her, at this point, her lungs started getting full of fluid. So I literally have to hold onto her arms, her hands. Mm-hmm. And um, she'd be leaning over the table, kind of like I'm leaning now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they had a guy with an ultrasound and a guy with a needle about that long.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he was sticking it in her back. And the guy with the ultrasound was guiding him. Okay, right there. And then they Stick it into this bottle that had a suction built in, poke it in there, and it would suck all the fluid out. But she would just have to s-
1: take the pain. No, she, no painkillers, no. Nothing. But it was relief to get yeah, the yeah, fluid she out.
0: She could oh. breathe a little bit. And after, I don't know if that was really yeah. what did it for her, but after a few times of that, she just, I
1: don't want to do this. Mm. Yeah. Did you ever get, You were you were in the front row for sure. Did you ever get frustrated with her? Come on, you can keep fighting. Or did you ever feel like that? Or were you or you understood?
0: Well, a little bit I did, but then like when I saw like what she was going through, like how do you tell somebody that?
1: Yeah, you don't know. You just don't know. Talk a little bit, Tony, about your faith in Christ and how you came to Christ, and talk about that story. Because so you're raised in a pastor's home. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that road because I want to I want to talk about how those moments converged.
0: Yeah. Uh you know like like you just said I grew up in a pastor's home. But you know honestly I don't really think I even now like I don't think I really completely understood the reality of this is the gospel till recently. Hmm. Even though I lived through all that and I knew like Inside him, I just knew God was there the whole time. Like, he never left. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. And I think that, you know, I don't want to say I'm not sure if I was saved. I think I was. Right. But I just don't think I had, like, a complete grasp of it, like, this is how that all really works. But that whole thing, like how it tied everything together. Afterwards, I remember, this was after she passed. I was reading through the Book of Job, and I thought, you know, I probably got something in common with this guy. Mm. Like, well, my, not as bad as him, right? Yeah. But to me, it's like
1: that's that's as bad, mm-hmm. right? right. You only, all you have to measure is your own experience. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know what it feels like to be someone else, but you know, yeah, what you're okay. going through sucked for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'm reading that, and you think at the end,
0: because i have read it before, just never paid much attention to it. I guess. Right, yeah. At the end, you think. God's going to show up and be nice to this guy. And he just blasts him.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: thought, you know, that's
1: so in the, so those of you that have never read this, uh, the book of Job is about a man who's very wealthy. He's the, the wealthiest guy at the time. He's the godliest guy at the time. Yeah. As well. so, some, some Bible scholars believe that Job actually occurred before the flood. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. that. And so, um, definitely loves God. And, in the in the book Satan comes and says well the only reason that he loves you is cuz he's he's rich and he's got you know a beautiful family if you take all that away he's going to curse you mm-hmm. so god says go ahead and he loses his whole family his kids everybody in one day he loses all his money he's he ends up with boils all over his body yeah. right and and his friends are like you know what you must have done something job this is probably your fault mm-hmm. his wife says just curse God and die already. Like, yeah. And Job won't. He's yeah. like, you know, though he slay me, yet I'll praise him. That's that's from the book of Job. Then at the, towards the very end, Job starts kind of questioning God, and God kind of smacks him down a little bit. Where were you when I formed the foundations of the earth? And right. In other words, who do you think you are to question me? Which seems harsh. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. This guy's just been through <laughs> we it. just man. let this guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, so I didn't want to interrupt, but I just wanted to bring everybody up to speed if they've never read it. Yeah, that's
0: that seems like gosh, that seems like you said, it just seems so harsh. But honestly I found like comfort in that. Like hmm. I'm this that's exactly right. God's in control, like no matter what. He's still the one that has the final say, hmm. he's sovereign. Yeah. And you just I don't know why he now I've listened to I think I might have sent you that message. I I listened to that guy, J.D. Greer's sermon on
1: on that, that right there. Yeah, and, and, you know, he puts it in these terms. He says that, you know. There are sometimes people that send my messages to people, too, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> he says, you know, like, God's power is so much greater than ours, and we understand that. Right. All you have to do is look around at the universe, you know. Right, yeah. Hubble telescope, they can't even number the stars. Yeah. God did all that with just his voice. He didn't hmm. have to use his hands. Yeah. So just imagine that gap in power from him to us. He so why can't we understand that maybe his gap in wisdom to ours is that much greater? It's mm-hmm. like that, you know. We don't know why he does things, but he knows. He has yeah. a perfect plan. I remember, I think it was, yeah, it was you. One time he told me when we were at the other church, uh, someday you're going to look back on this on the other side of eternity and think, oh "My God, that was perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: how did you know? I just don't get it right now. Right, and maybe if he even tried to explain it, my head's not going. to, I'm not going yeah.
1: to comprehend. And you're 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 still. We are still emotionally invested in a way that we can't be objective. You know what I mean? Because yeah. st- still, yeah, God. I, may, and maybe if did God did under, explain to you, you would say, well, intellectually I get it, but that really hurt me. So yeah. I'm still. I still don't get it. I'm yeah. upset or whatever. It was that other
0: guy? Oh, okay, yeah. I can't understand why.
1: But there is a, there is a, some. You're, you're you're touching on something huge, and I hope people are grabbing it. There is some peace in recognizing God's in control, right. and so I I can't control everything. I'm not going to try. I'm going to stop trying. I'm surrendering, you know. And then at the end of the day, there is peace in that. Although it feels yeah. we're, we love control, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. We like to be in charge, and hmm.
0: That kind of peace doesn't mean that the situation is peaceful. There could be war going on around you, but there's still peace in that. He gives you that calming that you just can't explain. Just like he says, you can't explain it. Yeah. How could this be? How could he bring calm in the middle of that storm? Yes. Just like he was in the boat with the storm going on, and he's sleeping.
1: Yeah. That's the calm that he brings. And you see in that story when Jesus does that, the disciples, they say, uh, they yell at him, Teacher, why, why are you sleeping, right? Yeah, they still care? don't get it. Yeah, yeah. don't you care? They, that's what we do. We, we immediately attack God's character when he's not doing what we want. We do it too, but that's yeah. what they did. Don't you care about us? Don't yeah. you care about what I'm going through? Don't you care? And what you're describing is a level that transcends that, where you're like, I know because you care, you're in control. So yeah. I trust you. I believe you care. It's not easy, man. I oh, do no. Yeah. To this day, you know, still. Yeah. Yeah. And so when when Isabel passed, Niall was, at this point, eight. He had just turned eight, hadn't he? No, he was going to turn eight. Oh, okay. I remember she, it was around his birthday. Yeah. yeah, she passed two days before his birthday. Oh, yeah. So now you have an eight-year-old little boy mm-hmm. raising him by yourself. Pretty much. Yeah. And then your uh, bonus kids... Also, now you're alone with, right? Yeah. Um, what was that time? What would you say to a guy who just is in that same boat? My wife's sick. My wife is about to pass. My wife did pass. Or my husband passed. What would you say to that person? Because I imagine this is probably going to be sent to people in that boat. Yeah. You know, to me,
0: I mean, I kind of held on a lot to,
1: in, in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. I think it's verse
0: 17, 18, where they bring the, the three Hebrew kids. Because mm-hmm. I've heard pastors preach this, and it just, but I picked up on it way back then just because, and these guys are in front of Nebuchadnezzar, and he has the ability to just kill them. And they tell him that. Yeah. We realize that you can destroy us if you want.
1: But even if
0: you do, or they say, but we we think our God can save us. But even if he do not we're still not going to
1: bow powerful moment there yet. yeah
0: and i think that's what i tried to live my life like like mm-hmm. even if you don't or even because mm-hmm. you didn't i'm still not going to like turn back to where I was before you know mm-hmm. or that yeah. uh, some other life and that's kind of what i hung out to is, mm-hmm. this is who know, i am this yeah. is what i am and now like just cuz god's so good, and maybe back then I couldn't have understood, like you said, because you're so close to it. But I think now, like after I've listened to a few sermons and read the Bible for myself and just seen how things play out, like I kind of understand, like you know, even if he doesn't,
1: I still have to
0: hang on to him. Mm. But where else am I going to go? You know,
1: it's true, yeah, yeah, all, yeah. Disciples says to who else do we go for the words yeah, of life? Sure. If it's you, yeah, yeah. So then, okay, so then we'll fast forward a little bit. You're raising Nile by yourself, yeah. right? Um, at some point, you get a stomach ache. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought it was. Is like,
0: I remember thinking to myself, gosh, this gas will not go away. Hmm. She had a bad pain, and it got to the point where I'd be driving in my truck. I'd literally have to pull over somewhere, like on the highway, and just crawl in the back seat of my truck. And just curl up in a ball till it passed. Yeah, I remember one time I was one of the guys. We had a job in Laramie, and driving back, I said, "You're gonna have to drive." And I just curled up in a ball and let him drive.
1: And but so this was your first indication anything was wrong because you were healthy and everything was fine and. And you're just thinking, what did the burrito lady put in the burritos today? Yeah, exactly. That's what your for, brain first goes to is like, yeah. when I ate something. Or, yeah. You know. I like I'm
0: having an allergic reaction to something. And what is that I keep eating that's causing that, you know?
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. it felt like it was right here, like in my stomach area. Uh huh. So. How well,
1: long did you deal with that before you said, I better get checked?
0: Well, you know, one day I was, it was, a, I remember it was a Saturday. I woke up. And I just had this really bad fever. Hmm. So I drove to the gas station and I'll get some cold to drink. Oh man, I just felt bad. I just drove myself to the urgent care. A lady comes in and checks me, and it was a female doctor. And I have a prostate exam.
1: And I thought there's something wrong with your hair. Okay, hold on. I don't wanna, okay, wait. <laughs> so you go in because you're feeling sick. Yeah, bad fever. And there's a female doctor, yeah. who are wonderful, by the way, nothing against female <laughs> doctors. And she says, I need to examine your prostate. Yes,
0: because they thought there was some kind That'll of... That'll get your attention. Trait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she says, well, you've got an infection there. We're going to treat you with some IV antibiotics. So she says, I'm going to be at the other clinic tomorrow morning, which is right across the street from the hospital, at old okay. clinic. She says, Come in and I'll give you the IV antibiotics. Okay. This is a Saturday. So Can we give
1: you painkillers or something to, yeah. yeah.
0: calm it down? So I go on Sunday and she says, You know what? It's worse than we thought. It spread to your blood. We need to get you to the hospital right now. So I'm like, Whoa. So I get some stuff rounded
1: up. How old is Niall at this point?
0: Let's see, 2010. He was 13. 13, 14, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I get checked into the hospital. They give me all this medicine to, to kill. And they said, you're probably going to, have to be here about a week so we can squash it. So, you know, when you're in the hospital, doctors come in and make the rounds. But one guy comes in one day and he starts, does this hurt, this hurt. No, he touched right there. I about jumped out of the bed. He's like, oh, there's something. there. So I can't remember what they thought it could have been other than that, a mm-hmm. kidney. So they sent me down for a CAT scan. He's down there looking, well, like, oh, you got something right there on your kidney. So they're thinking the infection because his urinary tract was on my kidney, that's mm-hmm. what it was. I saw two things, so I said, We're going to give you this really strong antibiotic for five weeks and we'll have you come back in for another cat scan. Okay, so I took it and started losing hair. You know, I can relate that. to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a good look, I think. Yeah, some guys, <laughs> so I get in and yeah, uh, one of the things is gone. The other one was still there. And he says, well, we're going to have to biopsy that. And I'm
1: like, whoa, whoa. biopsy. I know that I said, word. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I said, you talking cancer? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, gosh. Hmm. And like, it, like, angered me. It scared me. Don't tell me that. Like, hmm. you know. So I went in and saw a specialist. He's like, he did those kind of surgeries. He says, I'm pretty sure that's what it is.
1: Hmm.
0: He says, We could, it's really tough to biopsy that. He says, We'd probably be better off just opening you up a little bit, taking a sample out of it and checking it that way. He says, Or we'll just take it out. I said, We'll take it
1: out. Open you up a little bit. Like, that's not what I want to hear. I'm just going to open you up a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they just went ahead and removed
0: it. Well, he went in with, the, I think it was called the Da Vinci machine. Okay. Took it off. Or took the tumor off. Uh-huh. And uh, I was thinking, this is on a, on a Tuesday. Friday, I think I'm going home. Comes in on Friday, he says, no, we would send a pathologist. he was That's an aggressive. I'm going to take your kidney out. Okay. So I went back into surgery that day. It cut me open. I went home the week after and thought everything was fine. Or it was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, we got it.
0: Yeah. No follow up drugs, nothing. Mm-hmm. You're good. Hmm. Not sure I was at that point, 2010. And then what up? In 2018, I started getting that pain again. Hmm. And I'm thinking, like I just, you know, you just know. Yeah, you like, just knew, yeah. So I went in and the guy says, you know, you got a mass the size of an orange in your side. He goes, you can't feel that. He puts his hand on it, and I'm like, what do I do now. Hmm. I could actually feel
1: like that. You know, I mean, how, the average guy doesn't doesn't exactly examine himself you yeah. know, like that very often. Yeah. yeah,
0: just felt the pain, and so then they uh, scheduled the surgeon again. Huh. They had to take probably about I think they said thirteen inches of my large intestine out with it. It was starting to attach itself to that, well, so they took that out, and then they sent me down to. Denver for some experimental drug because they when they with the CAT scan they could see a bunch of other spots Mm. like we just can't cut all that out so they thought well we'll just treat it with a a chemotherapy drug so I did that drug for nine months and finally they're like we gotta stop stop doing anything it's growing Mm. so they put me on radiation for 25 rounds had to go every day for five weeks you know and uh you know, the doctor. The doctor told me he says, "You know, you're probably going to have st- stomach issues because where we're shooting it, there's one called in- it it's in the peritoneal area, it's outside your stomach." He says, "Because we blast you with, goes right through that. It's probably going to fix your stomach, and it did. I felt sick, you know. Mm. So I did that, and same thing, it grew. Mm. Didn't do anything to it. Put me on another drug." That shrunk it, but in a period of two months, my kidney function—the one kidney that I did have—went from like mid forties to fifty percent function to ten percent.
1: That lady, my so you're ten percent of fifty yeah. percent, really? Because it's half I mean right. one kidney, ten percent of one. Yeah, yeah.
0: So then she says, "You know, we're gonna we're gonna you that drug. We're gonna stop." So then I, uh, I flew out to Oklahoma to Tulsa the cancer treatment centers. Mm-hmm. And they put me on a drug, a fairly new drug called uh, Keytruda. And they said, we'll try this for a little bit. And then, you know, it just got to be a lot. And then things didn't work out with the insurance. But then, because I was having to fly out there every three weeks, you know? mm. that was just a lot. So uh, I went back to Anshu in Denver to the oncologist that I had. And I told her, you know, I don't want to see that guy really, in Greeley because first thing he tells me, let's get your stuff in order. Cause I'm like, don't tell me that.
1: The guy in Greeley said, Get your affairs in order. Right.
0: Dr. Kim. I just thought, Who are you? Dr. Death? No, <laughs> man.
1: Dr. Kim. If you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get sued here, Dr. Kim. <laughs> we're just telling his story. <laughs> yes. I, so he uh, he told you, Hey, you should probably get your affairs in order. Uh-huh. Your, what we're doing isn't working or what we're. Yeah, this is serious. Mm yeah. hmm. Uh-huh. I just, been talk, talk for a second about that. So someone tells you that, what were you, what'd you think? Did, did you get mad? Did you get, yeah,
0: mad? I got mad. Like, cause inside of me, I'm thinking, dude, I guarantee I work more hours than you do. Mm-hmm. Even if you're, I don't, you know? Yeah. Like, no, don't tell me that, man. I'm mm-hmm. not ready for that. Mm-hmm. So I went and, uh, talked to the oncologist that I had in Denver. And she said, no, 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 just come back here. So they put me back on the same drug that I'd been on. And, I mean, I was on that for, gosh, a couple of years.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they finally just, they stopped it. She's giving me what she calls a treatment holiday. (laughs) A holiday from (laughs) the Yeah, from being sick. Yeah. So, I mean, they they know that there's still a spot right there. But she said it's not growing. And as far as we can see, it's not spreading because I've had... Three CAT can It's mm-hmm. still the same. And they can't spot. go in
1: and cut that one out, though?
0: Well, I'm sure they could, but I think they just don't want to keep cutting on me if the drug will treat it that way. Oh, yeah, gotcha, than, yeah. You know,
1: so. so it's not true that they just want to do surgery right. to pay for their fancy vacations. <laughs> so that's where you're at right now. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. So you're going to continue that treatment to keep that thing at bay? If they want to put
0: me back on it. That's okay. what they'll want to do. All right. Same thing. Cause that's what's worked.
1: So talk now, Tony about, um, let's, you know, before we go there, let's talk a little bit about your business. What, what do you do? How'd you end up? I know you're a partner in your company. How did all that come about? Yeah.
0: When I was, you know, I, I left that company that I'd been working for for 10 years. I went to work for uh, concrete works out of uh, Brighton guy was really good with me. And, uh, I was doing a contract with the city of Boulder and the guy I got to be really good friends with the inspector. I'd known him a while. He kept you know, he had purposely handed me the paps to give to my boss he's like, Look at all the money you're making, this guy. You <laughs> do this for yourself. So finally one day one one other guy I me decided let's take the plunge and we went out on our own and That's your partner now? No. My my business partner that I had then. I mean we got along well. We just had different ideas. So we parted after about three, four months, and I was just by myself for a while, and I was doing work here and there with different cities, small stuff, you know,
1: mm-hmm. just trying I, to get get your feet in the game and yeah. get get something I going, like equipment. And, mm-hmm. and then I met
0: the partner that I have now, and he was small, but he had been in business two years longer than I had, so he had more stuff than I had. And mm. He had, I had like five guys, he had seven guys. So he kept telling me, Would you come to work? I'm like, I come to work for anybody. If I do, I'll go back where I was, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, he wanted to just hire you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I
0: told him, I said, Why don't you just sell me part of yours, you know? Let me get in that way.
1: So we worked out a deal,
0: and that's how that happened. And mm-hmm. he's a majority owner, but I have a pretty good stake in it, you know?
1: North Star Concrete.
0: Right, North Star Concrete.
1: Mm-hmm. And you guys specialize in?
0: and gutters, sidewalks, and concrete paving.
1: When you have to fire somebody, what do you tell them? Every that's, every business owner has their own little
0: Yeah, that's it depends. It's that's really not that tough, honestly. Because I've had to fire a few guys. Have you ever and had I'll, to fire a friend? Uh one kid? Yeah.
1: And one guy's on the bubble right now. If you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's not that tough. All you got to do is think
0: about what got you to that point, right before you can do it, and it'll kind of stir up those feelings. <laughs> this guy needs to go. So you just kind of hype yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> didn't think you, you were going to say that. <laughs> put your game face on. That's how I do it. And I think just, about yeah, what it, what it took to get me to that point. Yeah. And once you're at that point again, you're like, oh man.
1: And what pushes him to that point? You, you're not showing up. You're not doing good work. You're fighting with the other guys. You're Sleep in the restroom. Yeah. What's the best excuse you've ever heard for someone not showing up to work? Or What's the most common?
0: It's always something like with the family member that's sick. Mm. My kid, my wife. Yeah. One guy's mom's died in Mexico about five times, you know. (laughs) I got to go home and bury my mom. (laughs) He's burying her one piece at a time. (laughs) Yeah, I guess.
1: (laughs) But it's hard to find good workers. So you, you have to put up with a certain... Amount of that. Oh, I guess. nowadays you put up with a lot. Yeah. Mm. So we have a lot of young leaders that listen to this. So they're probably going to be encouraged mm-hmm. business guys to know they're not the only ones having to. Yeah. It's everybody like,
0: cause I deal with a lot of different contractors and we're all in the same boat.
1: Can't find help. What happened? Where did everybody go? I don't know. I don't get it. Like a couple of stimulus payments. Those aren't still lasting people. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, two years, you know what I mean? Now here we are in 2022 December and nobody can find workers. Are they all, are they all driving Uber? Like, you know, where did everybody go? I just, I don't get it. It's, I don't know. What do you think happened? Any ideas? No. So then now navigating your business and health stuff. How is that? How do you do that? I mean, how do you look at it? It's it's tough. because
0: You know, I have to, because the kidney failure, I have to be on dialysis. Mm-hmm. So I go three days a week. And I told him, schedule me as late as possible. So I put in almost a full day. Like, I'll work till three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I got to get home, get in the shower, and get over there to the clinic. That part's tough.
1: And you're there how long?
0: I'm there from probably like, 4.30 to 9.30. Jeez. Because they get you there and then they got to get you on. And at the end, they got to get you off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It just takes a while. And because of the kidney function that I do have, I have to spend, I think I'm in there for four hours and 15 minutes on the like actually getting dialyzed. Hmm. Not counting the time that they get you hooked up and then they disconnect you. So it's a while.
1: Do you have a port or? I have a what's called a fistula in my right arm. Okay. And that's, so that's, they can,
0: yeah, they could. They connect a vein and an artery together, okay. And then they stick a balloon in there and they blow it up, so they can access it easy. Mm. So they stick one needle in with a, sure that you, the the vein, I think, trying to return the blood back to the heart. They grab it there, clean it, and they put it back into the artery.
1: So it's all happening right here on your right. arm, right? And all the blood from your body eventually makes its way yes. through that over the course of four hours. Yes. Do you feel better after it's done?
0: Yeah. Like some people say they feel real wiped out because I've had it done early in the morning and I went to work and worked all day. Like it's a big deal, you know? It's Mm. not that bad.
1: Mm. What, uh, where have you seen God in all of it?
0: Like, I mean, just the fact that I'm still alive after
1: living through all that,
0: Mm -hmm. he's just faithful. I don't know why he's chosen that road for me. I'm okay with his choice because I mean I realize now that no matter what I think, he knows better. Right? Yeah. So there's
1: again, man. That's it's such a powerful way of thinking because that also I don't know addresses guilt. Why me? Why not them? Why you know what I mean? Yeah, because that battles all that too. Like people who have had maybe even less than you are not with us anymore, right? Like you, you think it happens oh, yeah, so that, fast. Yeah. 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 And I, when I was in Puerto Rico, I was you know, in the hospital, and I remember coming home and uh, the doctor, they were going to do surgery on me to fix me. And the doctor says, I, we don't need to do that. The, the abscess that you had in your abdomen has disappeared. It's gone. And I was happy. You know I was overwhelmed, I was thankful, also felt very guilty because I was talking to a guy in the hospital in Puerto Rico that was in my same boat, and I thought that guy's still there he's still he's still there going through this. Why did God do this for me you know and so I'm sure you've had some of that how do you how do you navigate that in your own do you not think about it too much do you well, I think the same rule applies like God's still the one who's
0: Mm. In control, he's sovereign, and I don't know why. It's not up to me to know why. Like, he's God. Like, how, how am I going to understand God's mind with mm. my human mind?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I've I've been at the, I mean, a, to the infusion center where they administer the chemo drugs, and I'm sitting there, and here's this couple old guys right there, and I'm like, I mean, these poor guys are beat up, you know. And I just,
1: yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I'm thankful. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I really am. What about, uh, so let, let me shift gears a little bit. What, are you successful? And what, is that word, what does that word mean to you? What did it mean to you when you were 20? Success. You wanted to be successful. We all want to be successful. Yeah, I think
0: right. when you're 20, means you're going to make a lot of money and have a good life.
1: Yeah. That way. Big house. Right. Yeah. What is that? What did it mean to you? How is that how was that word evolved? What does success look so, for like for you now? Well, it doesn't really involve monetary hmm.
0: success. It's just like I'm happy that my kids, I think they all understand the gospel. That's hmm. critical because it took me a long time. Yeah. And Actually, my youngest son—he's the one who really like, like, just pointed that out to me. Like, this is like, you know, I told you we watch that documentary, and he's like, "You got to see this because this is this like." And honestly, it's like I knew a lot of that stuff, but that was the first time somebody just crystallized it. Mm. This is what what it is, and like,
1: I've been meaning to watch that. (laughs) it's, It's so simple, but it's so profound. What's it called? American gospel. American gospel. I'll put that in the show notes so if anybody wants to watch it, they can click yeah. on it. What what did that do to Internet Shell? What did it what do you believe now versus what you believed before?
0: Well now I believe like success is, you know, my my kids, they they understand that. hmm. And none of us are perfect. We don't all live it the same way. But I'm a lot older than them. Right. And hopefully a little wiser. Because I am older, and I think success is like I could see my kids passing it on to their kids. Mm, that's, that's a huge thing, yeah, that's the inheritance that you want to leave your
1: kids, right, with. not the money in
0: the bank or the business,
1: yeah, assets, none of that. it's that right there i mean if you if you study people who inherit money, it's generally a curse. sometimes it's a blessing, but generally often, I should say. It ends up being a curse. Yeah, uh, too much money that you haven't. If you've never earned it, you've never known what it's like to work for it. Yeah. You've never made five bucks an hour slugging concrete. You might not appreciate it, man. You yeah. know. Yeah. So, so are you successful? In that respect, yes. Hmm. That's good. Now, now, what what do you understand about the gospel now? in other words what do you, what do you believe the gospel is now compared to what you believed maybe 10 years ago or
0: you know like my whole life i grew up thinking i got to do this 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 and this and stop
1: doing this 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 and, you know mm. and then i thought i don't like, drink cuss or chew or chase girls that do right i'll like all that, yeah. i don't do the bad stuff i just yeah, yeah. or and, god yeah. is going to blast me exactly yeah like somehow
0: if i oh, if i do that god's going to punch me for that like like somehow I'm going to pay for my own sin? Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? That that never happens. Like some things just happen because, hey, dummy, don't play with fire; you'll get burned. You know, right? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's just the law of reaping and sowing. It's not God. Like, right? Yeah, He just doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. And likewise, He doesn't work the other way where you do good, you do good, and and He loves you more somehow. You're right. Yeah, He doesn't.
1: He doesn't love His you anymore. love is not dependent on what we do. Right. Right. Yeah, He cannot love us anymore. Yeah.
0: And I, got, I think I'm to the point now where I realize I need that message like to penetrate my head every day. Mm. I've even you know, I read to a passage in I want to say it's in First Corinthians, probably about chapter fifteen, mm-hmm. where Paul's saying, you know, he's talking to them. He's talking to church. So he's talking to a guy like me. Right. Yeah, he's talking and to he us. Said, yeah. Yeah. He says the gospel that you that you believed back then, talking about past, mm-hmm. gospel that you're clinging to today, the present. And the gospel that'll take you through to the end, the future. Mm -hmm. Same, that just means to me that you need that every day. Mm -hmm. Like some people think in that video, you'll hear that guy says, Some people think you graduate from the gospel. You never do. Right. You need the gospel is for Christians. Mm -hmm. Like we need that every day. Like me, I I know that if I don't, like just if it's not a, a real active part of my life, I'll start to creep back into that old way of thinking where. I got to do this. I got to do this. you got to stop, you know, yeah. that whole thing. And mm-hmm. that's not it at all. It's not yeah. like once you realize how good God is, because I mean, Jesus is the one that said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Like back then
1: I think, how do you do that? Mm. And now I realize Well, that. the thing is you could look at that on the surface, not really understanding what he was saying. And Jesus says, if you love me, you're going to be a good person. You're going to be good. Well, none of us can be good. Right. We proved that in the Old Testament law. You know, they, they, The law was, existed partly just to show that we couldn't do it. Like, Paul says that's what it was yeah, for, to show yeah. you your sin. Yeah. Just to, to prove to us. Yeah. Because if the gospel, this is my belief, if, I, if the gospel came first, we would have said, well, you never gave us a chance. You, didn't, you never gave us a chance to prove that we could, we could do this on mm-hmm. our own. Yeah. So God's like, okay, go ahead. And we are terrible, and we are terrible. Like, yeah, me trying to maintain God's standard myself is impossible. It's so, yeah, yeah He,
0: it's he's, he, it's in the Old Testament, too. I mean, just the, the Passover, that's mm-hmm. the gospel, yeah. You know, after, because I mean, the guy says in the video, too, he says, before God gave any law. He provided a way out. That's how he is. Before he he provides a way out, he provides like, this is the path to salvation. Now listen to obey this, and then you'll start to obey the law. Just mm-hmm. follow this way first. Like just realize how good God is and how much he loves right. you, and you'll start to fall in love with him. And that's when that verse like will hit you. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Because you do start to keep his commandments out of your love for him. It's right. not the other way around. You keep his commandments, then he loves you. That's not how it works,
1: right? Yeah, it's like saying I'm going to be faithful to my wife, but I've never met her, and I don't, and I don't love her. Well, I'm I'm not faithful to my wife because she's my wife. I'm faithful to her because I love her, because I met her, because we've fallen in love over thirty, almost three years now. So I don't cheat on her not because I don't want to get caught, or but because I don't want to hurt her. And that's that's same our thing. same yeah. thing, you know. I, it's not that I obey God's commands because I'm afraid he's gonna zap me. I obey his commands because I love him. Because yeah. I know it would break his heart and because he loves me. But yeah. hmm. American gospel. I need to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, the crystal is pretty good. I've been busy <laughs> <laughs> the last two years you've been talking about. That. Yeah. Cool, man. Any last thoughts? What 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 would you say, Tony? Um what would you say to the guy who's in your in your In your former shoes, he's standing in his living room and they've just given this news to his wife or her, you know, this lady's husband or the doctor saying, hey, this is what we thought it was. It's cancer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a scary word. First time you hear it, it's it's terrifying. What would you say to that guy being now where you're at and having come, you know, and and none of us are out of the woods, man, but... You've come a long way. So, what would you say to that guy? I think I'd tell him that you know, even that
0: could that could take your your wife's life, mm. and maybe it will. Mm. But you still have to hold on to God, and just realize that even if even if that happens, and that's what He chooses, you cannot go. Mm. Just like those Hebrew kids, those guys. Like that little simple story is so profound.
1: Mm.
0: Like that's how you should live your life, no matter what. Not even, not even with cancer. Let's say you, you lost your business or the economy just took a downward turn and you lost everything.
1: Mm. Even if that happens, you still have to hold on to his hand. Yeah, yeah. just like they did. I'm not just going to serve God when my business is booming. Right. Yeah. Even if it doesn't. Right. Even if I have nothing. Even if it fails completely. Yeah. Even if your wife does pass away. Mm. You still have to hold on too. him.
0: Where else are you going to go? Like, right. really? Where mm-hmm. are you going to go? Yeah. What are
1: you going to do? Yeah. I, I think it's so easy. It's so easy to get mad at him, right? He's, he, God's yeah. an easy target, and he doesn't necessarily defend himself. So it's easy to, to turn against him, right? What would you say to that? Because there's, there's going to be people that listen to this that are angry at God right now.
0: Like, I don't think that, because I've been there too. And you just can't, you have to realize he's he's God. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Paul that says, "Who's the, Who are we, the the pot to tell the potter, why'd you make me like this? Or yeah, why'd you making, do this? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He even says, He goes, Don't do that. He was, those are, that's, that's a pearl of wisdom right there. Stop, don't question God. Right. Like, what if he explained
1: it all to you? Could your brain really handle that? Yeah. Probably not. Have you read the shack or have you seen the movie, the shack it's um, got blasted when it came out because it's basically about the story of a guy. It's a, it's a fictional story. This guy wrote about a, a father whose daughter is kidnapped and murdered. And she's like six years old. So, I mean the most horrific thing that could possibly happen to a parent happens to this guy. So he's angry at God. He's bitter. He's you know, and, and understandably. Well, then he gets this invitation to to meet God at this shack, at this like uh, cabin, and he goes, and some of the conversations they have are profound. You know the 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 way the guy this guy wrote this book. Um, at one point, the guy says, you know. The guy's like, you, you need to send that bad people. You need to deal with them. You need to send them to hell. And God says, okay, um, of your three kids, which one should we, should we send to hell? You got, you got to pick one, you know, and, and he puts, he puts the guy in the seat of judge and you realize just a tiny bit how complex this whole picture is and how. Yeah, it's 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 I thought I enjoyed it. You should watch it. You do that and I'll do the American <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Swap videos. <laughs> All right, man. Any last words? Any last thoughts you want to share? Anything that I mean,
0: just if that happens to you,
1: you just can't let go of God. Like
0: where else are you gonna go? Yeah, where else are we gonna go? And no matter what, he's in control. Even if I mean at some point, just imagine when they came for Paul and he knew it was time. He still didn't let like go. Yeah. yeah. Walked the
1: walk, walk. Walk the green mile. All did, yeah. All Ended up having he was uh, decapitated in Rome. That's mm-hmm. what history tells us to the very end. When, when
0: remember, the last day Isabel was alive,
1: last hours of her life, mm-hmm. I went in
0: and I read that passage of her 2nd Timothy fighting a good fight. Mm-hmm. I have
1: fought the good fight. I have. If I can say that, you know. Mm. Yeah. That is the litmus test, man. Can we all say that at the end of our lives? Yeah. Yeah. My goal is to say I did everything you asked me to do. Yeah. Anyway. We're
0: just so blessed to just be like he's accepted us to be part of the plan. And yeah. It's not like we like you said, it's nothing we've done. nothing we'll ever do. Mm. No matter how many great things we do. Right. That's is there any of the credits. That's,
1: all mm. that's yeah. good. Cool, man. Well, thank you very much. On that note, we will wrap it up. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Thanks for the chance. And uh, maybe we'll do it again, and we'll talk about the Broncos <laughs> and uh, depression. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's right up. now, the Broncos are not doing good. So, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. <laughs>